So we have been going through uh, the series on First Thessalonians, uh, and we have called this uh, series Living in the Moment of His Coming. And I mentioned a big word, uh, and that big word, maybe not so big to some of you, uh, is the word eschatology. It, and just, it just means you know, uh, a doctrine or the study of the last days, the end of times and the end of all things. But interestingly, we have spent, you know, three Sundays, three chapters where Paul, the writer of this letter, uh, you know, very little. He, he says very little about eschatology, maybe just one phrase, one verse, one statement about the coming of the Lord. And hindi masyadong marami. There's very little mention of the coming of the Lord. He mentions it in different degrees, one chapter after another, but we will see that shift today. You know, he will speak more about eschatology, about the coming of the Lord today in our text and in the coming Sunday, in, in next Sunday. And I would encourage you to, uh, you know, in your time to read the second letter, the Thessalonians, uh, second Thessalonians, uh, because there are more information about the coming of the Lord there. Uh, but keep in mind, read that in the context of First Thessalonians. There's a design, there's a, an intention. Uh, it was intended for Apostle Paul to really, you know, spend three chapters talking about, you know, we need to be established in the faith. We need to have the scripture to be the standard of our life. Because if we read just the Second Thessalonians without that, you know, maybe the the uh, the approach would be of fear, of concern and anxiety, and we don't want that. So what you have seen, uh, if you have been uh, joining us for three Sundays now, you know, Paul has been commending this church about their faith, uh, their generosity, their joy in affliction. But even though Paul is, is really praising and commending this church. They are far from perfect. Okay, hindi po sila uh, perfect na simbahan. There's no such thing. All right? Uh, you know, one of the things that's happening there, uh, people are grieving the death of their loved ones. And that's, uh, that's something that we can relate now. I mean, uh, it's very common to, uh, to, for us to hear uh, a death of a relative, a loved one, a loved one of a classmate, a friend, a co-worker, someone dear to us. And, and we have been uh, giving out condolences left and right. And, and uh, it's really tough, you know, sa, sa emotion ng any person. Uh, and people in the uh, Thessalonica, they are confused. They are confused on, on the coming of the Lord. <clears throat> they are discouraged. And... Uh, maybe some people got tired of waiting. Uh, Paul mentioned the coming of the Lord, pero wala namang binanggit kung kailan. So some of them maybe got tired uh, of waiting and they just, you know, uh, they stopped caring about, uh, about the return of the king. And this is happening because they lack the necessary information about the return of Jesus. They have been prevented to learn more about the return of Jesus because as we have heard last Sunday, uh, Paul was not with them. They were, uh, Paul and, and, and the missionaries were providentially prevented. Even uh, he mentioned, you know, Satan prevented them from being uh, with the Thessalonians. And so because of that, they have this lack of 
uh, important information about the return of Jesus. And, and I personally think this is not only a Thessalonian problem. This is not just a problem of the, uh, the believers in Thessalonica. Uh, this is a, a, a problem, an issue of our church, the modern church today. Many Christians are confused about the end times. If you mention rapture, uh, you know, many people uh, define it and understand it in different degrees. Some are accurate, some are not. Uh, and so some people are grieving uh, without hope. Uh, some are comforted by the wrong things. And some Christians are discouraged. And then you have believers who simply just don't care about the return of Jesus. I don't know where you are in these categories, uh, but I want to urge you this morning that we cannot remain uninformed about the last days, about eschatology, just like what the Apostle Paul urges the Thessalonians, that um, you know, we, we don't want uh, us to be uh, uninformed about these things because to remain uninformed about the matters of uh, Christ's return will have a significant effect on how you live your life today, right? It may not affect your eternal security, okay? You will not lose your salvation kung nasaan ka man sa categories of your eschatology, but it will affect the way you grieve. It will affect your prayers. It will affect the way you respond to suffering and tragedies. It will affect the way you view your days. It will affect even the way you view your body. So it has you know, it has great importance that we need to be informed about Christ's return. So to address these concerns, uh, allow me to exhort you to look forward to three important things about the end times. Ito yung binanggit ni, ni, ni Paul uh, you know, com comprehensively according to, to our passage today. So just let me mention these three things now so you can know where we are in the sermon as we go along. So three things that we need to look forward to. Number one is the physical resurrection because of Jesus. Number two, uh, the personal return of Jesus. And number three, the permanent reunion with Jesus. So physical reunion because of Jesus, personal return of Jesus, and the permanent reunion with Jesus. So for, for those who have children, you can just teach them about those three R's, you know, talk to them about resurrection, uh, the return of Jesus, and the reunion uh, with Jesus. And my hope is that as we look at these uh, three things, it will strengthen your faith. It will uh, hopefully extinguish your fears, if you have any, uh, regarding the end times. Maybe some of some of your friends are scaring you about, about the rapture, about the tribulation. And I hope that it will ignite your excitement in the return of Christ. So again, what can we look forward to? Uh, what can we look forward in the coming of our Lord? Number one is the physical resurrection or the bodily resurrection because of Jesus. Uh, look at our passage again. 
So Paul uh, started uh, starts his uh, this section uh, saying, I don't want you to be uninformed. Verse 14 says, for since we believe, there's a, a, a credo statement here, we believe that Jesus and died and rose again. Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, uh, believers who have died. For these we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Okay, So this is not literally just sleeping. These are uh, people who died. And, and that's a beautiful description on what it looks like when you are a believer in the Lord. You are not completely dead. You are you know, you are you are asleep. Uh, and, and there are concerns with these church. Some believers uh, in their congregation have died. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you, you know a lot. Uh, 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 many Christians today uh, died of COVID. We are not exempted from that affliction. And so uh, these church, this, this congregation, they are grieving. Uh, and, and during that time, Death, kapag ikaw ay namatay, is seen as a judgment in your life, in your household, in your family. So generally speaking, death is, is seen as the end of hope. Okay? So uh, may, meron nga tayong statement, habang may buhay, may pag-asa. So kapag patay ka na, wala ng pag-asa. Parang, parang ganun ang, ang dating. So uh, these Thessalonian believers, they were grieving not just because... Uh, their their loved ones uh, died, but also they were thinking, "Pano yun yung 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 anak ko, yung tatay ko, yung nani ko namatay, and they, uh, you know, they miss out on the return of our Savior. They will not be able to see uh, the return of Jesus. They will not uh, be able to inherit and and." And, and, and enjoy and, and experience the return of our Savior. Paano yun? So wala na sila? Wala, wala na silang may experience katulad ng may experience namin. So they are grieving uh, in, in hopelessness, in fact. And so Paul is encouraging them to look forward to the physical resurrection. Physical resurrection. So, friends, we must understand uh, that this, this physical resurrection, in a way, is a, a unique, a novel idea uh, to the Greek uh, minds at that time. There is an understanding uh, of the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Okay? So, uh, yung, yung flesh, itong katawan natin, is bad. Right, the, the flesh, the body, the physical being is bad, and the spirit is good. And you know, uh, I I will not be surprised if uh, our 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 view of of heaven is like you know we we are in heaven, we are all wearing white, our body is semi translucent, you know, para tayong si Casper parang ganon, and, and that's not what uh, the 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 scripture teaches us. So yung Christian view of a bodily, physical resurrection, uh, the physical and the spiritual body together again, alive, you know, it brings great 
encouragement. It brings great encouragement. So let me ask you this. What will this bodily resurrection look like? What will your resurrection body look like? What can it do? Why is it important? Well, our passage tells us that we will resurrect the same way our Savior did. Siya yung model, siya yung focal point ng ating resurrection. Remember, in, in the Gospels, Jesus was not merely a spirit when he appeared to, uh, to Mary, to, to Peter and John, to the rest of the disciples. And then uh, beyond that, about 500 more people saw him physically before he ascended to heaven. He was not you know, he was not a spirit only. It is a, a physical body. Remember, he shared a meal with his disciples. Remember, he showed his scars to Thomas and the disciples. Remember, this is very interesting. He can even uh, enter through locked doors, right? How amazing is that? So if, if that is the model of uh, the resurrection a body, the resurrection life that we have, what does that mean? You know, my friends, that means the resurrection is something that is worth looking forward to. It is something worth looking forward to. Let me, uh, let me quote another uh, letter from uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians. You can look uh, with your Bibles and join me in, in reading this. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse uh, 51. To 55. So this is what Paul says to the Corinthian church. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. So same, same language. But we will all be changed in a moment, in the blinking of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Now, when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on the immortality, then the saying that is written will happen. Ano yung saying na yun? Death has swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Let me ask you, brothers and sisters, have you had the chance to think deeply what your resurrection life looks like? Have you stopped for a moment to think about that? You know, I did. I did because... Uh, maybe some of you already know I have this really bad case of, of migraines. Uh, and it comes, uh, uh, it comes in and out. And when it happens, it really, it, it really shuts me down. You know, the only way my migraine stops is when I stop uh, altogether anything I do. I just lie down, uh, windows, lights are off. I cover my eyes. I don't do anything. I just sleep. For the rest of the day, that's how bad it is. So when it happens and I'm traveling, uh, that's that's bad news. You know, when, when it happens and I'm driving, that's dangerous. 
And and that happened a couple of times uh, already. So thinking about that and thinking about resurrection life makes me look forward to it. You know, some of you know already that I have a bad uh, back. Uh, uh, my yung, yung spinal cord ko is letter S. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, think about thinking about these things makes me realize that my present body, my body right now, cannot withstand eternity. Just imagine uh, eternity of migraines. Just imagine eternity of back pains. That's not something I would want to look forward to. So I find it comforting to know that Jesus did not just redeem my soul and spirit. He is restoring and he will restore completely my body as well. And this is a body, and I'm quoting uh, George uh, Eldon Ladd here. This is a body perfectly designed for the enjoyment of eternal life. Let me repeat that is an amazing statement. We will be given a body perfectly designed for the enjoyment of eternal life. What a glorious realization that even our bodies are to be redeemed from weakness, pain, decay, and death. That's from his uh, uh, book uh, called Blessed Hope. Friends, brothers, and sisters, I hope that we will not view the resurrection as merely a consolation to this life. Hindi siya a consolation price lang. Because it's really not. It's not merely a bonus, a nice addition to your life now. The resurrection life is who you truly are because of Jesus. The resurrected life is the only time you will truly experience full humanity the way God intended it to be. When the Lord gives you the resurrected life, the resurrected body, the physical resurrection, you will never experience death anymore. It will never decay. It will never deteriorate. And we shall see this happen at the very glorious and personal return of Jesus. So that is the second thing that we can look forward to. Number one, we look forward to the physical resurrection. Because of Jesus, because he resurrected, we can resurrect as well. Number two, we look forward to the personal return, personal return of Jesus. Hindi, hindi emissary, hindi messenger, but he, uh, he himself. And this is important because, uh, yes, the Thessalonian church knows that the Lord will return. But like I said, they have limited knowledge uh, about this, and so that led to some unhealthy responses, which I'm, you know, uh, urging you to, you know, be aware of these unhealthy responses. So because uh, they don't know when and how will that happen, uh, some of them are too consumed by the the issue. They are too consumed by the return of Jesus to the point that they are anxious they might miss. The return of Christ. So some people I imagine at that time is saying, you know, what if I miss that uh, the day of the Lord's return? 
What if I'm out in the field and Christ comes? What if I just, you know, I just quit my job and look up in the sky every single day, 24-7, and wait for Jesus to come? And some actually did that. Uh, some, some people started, you know, some people stopped working. But the other extreme is uh, some have become too, too detached. They, 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 they do not care anymore about, about the return of Jesus because, you know, we're saved anyway. So why do, why do I need to care? So they stopped caring for what's going on in the world. Uh, like I said, some have stopped working. They have become dependent on Ayuda. So, you know, Christian communities there, they pull their resources. Uh, it's much better than the community pantries that we have. So people have been dependent on that. Uh, some people have YOLO'd their lives away uh, because, uh, you know, their neighbors practice sexual immorality. Uh, since I'm saved anyway, I'll, I might as well do it before, before the Lord returns. So yun yung opposite extreme, they, they became uh, detached with the return uh, of Jesus. And both extremes are unhealthy and not helpful. So to address this, uh, what the Apostle Paul did was to give them a more comprehensive view of Christ's return. A more comprehensive view of Christ's return. Look at our text in verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Can you imagine what Paul is saying here? Jesus, their Savior, the King, Himself is coming down from heaven. It is accompanied by three different types of sound. You have the cry of command. You have the voice of an archangel. <laughs> so I'm imagining, if you're a, a boxing fan, see, see Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> so there's so much infinitely better. Uh, and the trumpet of God, and believers who died will rise from the grave. So you know what this means? This will be a personal, a very visual, a very audible, a glorious event. In other words, no one will be able to miss it. It will not happen in secret. It is going to be a singularly most awesome, most unique thing in the world. And you will not mistake it for anything else but the coming of the Lord. So when you see a YouTube video, a Facebook post saying that they heard a trumpet sound somewhere, that's not true. Because if they heard it, you must hear it too. It will not happen in secret and everyone will know it. You will not ask if he actually returned. You will know it. Even your unbelieving friends will know the, who the Lord is, who is this coming down from heaven. There will be no doubt of how uh, and what is going on. And you know, both Paul and Jesus 
warn the believers about um, you know thinking about uh, these things happening in secret. Jesus mentioned this in Matthew 24. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, yung personal return of Jesus, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, Nangyari siya sa uh, accelerate. Do not believe it. For, ito yung, uh, ito yung analogy. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Everyone will see it. Everyone will experience it. Here's the uh, warning of Apostle Paul to Timothy. Sabi niya, uh, but avoid irreverent babble. Second Timothy 2.16, if you want to look uh, at it. For it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying, and this is what they claim, that the resurrection has already happened. That's not true. That's what Paul is saying. If believers who died will rise from the grave, you will know it, friends. You will know it. So if it's going to be an unmistakable event and there is no possibility you will miss it, then there is no reason to be anxious about it. If you are a follower of Jesus, listen to this, you will not be left behind. You will not be left behind. You will hear it and see it and be in awe and be excited at the coming of your Savior. Okay, so that takes care of those who uh, are excessively consumed by the issue of the end times, you know, don't be too concerned about it. Don't, don't be too consumed by fear and, 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 and trembling. But what about, Pastor, the, the, the other extreme of being indifferent about the personal return of Jesus? Here's my response. If it will be a glorious event, just think about that. If it's going to be a very visual, uh, very audible, very glorious event, then we should anticipate it with appropriate intensity, don't you think? That we cannot be half-hearted about it? I think the healthy view, a view that will be very helpful for us, is to look at it like a wedding day. Like a wedding day, like the wedding day. I still remember the day of uh, our wedding uh, yung groomsmen stayed together uh, at the hotel across the street, and we prepared so well. Uh, we want to be, you know, uh, dressed so awesome. Uh, and and in the afternoon, I was so I was so thankful to the Lord. Uh, there were no rains because 
na the week before that it's it's been raining and yung aming reception is outdoor at walang walang bubong and so that day guests are coming in there were last minute preparations and then in any wedding you have the pro- processional yung mga ninong ninang groomsmen bridesmaids and it culminates the processional culminates in the bridal march you know what happens when the bride enters everybody stands everybody stands everybody anticipates i still remember the music that we've had uh, in our wedding day uh, i know because i prepared the playlist so i still remember that in 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 my in my ears i still hear it i, I remember julie goes down the spiral staircase Uh, the bridal music comes in and everybody welcomes the bride with anticipation with with appropriate intensity everyone cares you know this view is not just personal it's not just practical it's also biblical one of the images we see in revelations is that of a bride that is made ready clothed with fine linen bright and pure friends christ is returning for his bride we cannot be indifferent about it christ is returning for his bride we should care and prepare and anticipate that coming and understanding this will help shape your view of the rapture here we go it will help shape your view of the rapture just thinking about those first two things the per- the physical resurrection because of jesus the personal return of jesus and that leads us to our final point the third thing we can look forward to in the coming of the lord is the permanent reunion our permanent reunion with the saints and our permanent union with the lord look at verse 17 so the uh, the dead uh, will rise then so hindi hindi na iwan yung mga namatay ayun yung comfort na sinasabi ni ni Paul then we who are alive who are left will be caught up that's where the rapture uh, is used will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so we will always be with the lord if you have been a christian for you know quite a number of years you you went through sunday school maybe discipleship class or you've read uh, a few books or maybe seen some movies about the end times you've heard of this word rapture uh, and you know maybe different images come to mind and basically this is where that word comes from now first Thessalonians 4:17 when uh, Christ comes and those who are believers whether dead or alive will be harpazo they will be caught up they will be snatched out uh, together and meet the lord in the air So this particular verse is the text that many people believe 
and teach of a rapture event that proposes ito yung ito yung maybe our understanding of the rapture uh, this particular event uh, happens when Jesus comes down from heaven uh, the, the the believers will be snatched out from the earth uh, whether you're alive or you have been raised from the dead and uh, those who have been snatched out from the earth will be brought to the heavens. So parang sinundo, sinundo ni Jesus. And the believers will be in heaven for, for, for seven years. While the earth experiences seven years of great tribulation. So the point is, you know, the Lord removed us from the earth, brought us to heaven uh, para maspare tayo sa great tribulation and the, and the earth. And all those who have rejected the Lord will experience great tribulation. And then Jesus comes again for another second coming. So basically, parang hindi na second coming. It's a, it's a third coming already. So, you know, many people explain that because uh, they differentiate the rapture. The rapture is not the second coming. So there's a rapture. People will be snatched out and be in heaven and then... Sinunduni ni Jesus, and then he will actually come again after seven years. Okay, so you will hear that, and you know that's a lot to take in in one uh, one sermon. Uh, and so I'm open to to giving you more information uh, if you ask questions or want to know more about that. That's basically uh, you know the understanding of many people, and so because of that, either. Uh, the people are afraid or uh, confident that they will be in heaven and will not uh, experience tribulation. My concern with that view is I don't see that in the passage. Uh, it does not say that when the believers are snatched out, they will be in heaven. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, the concern of of this text is meeting the Lord in the air as he comes down uh, into uh, comes down to the earth and that's a you know that's a common uh, image in the Roman times when uh, when the army or a dignitary is uh, outside the town uh, people will come out to meet them and the people will escort uh, the dignitaries papasok doon sa town. So that's my concern with, with, with that uh, rapture view. I admit that the rapture uh, takes place. It, it, it will happen, but I don't see it happening the way people uh, interpret it. What the text uh, uh, talks about is, one, Christians whether you are alive at that time or you have died uh, and, and raised, are meeting the Lord together. Okay? They are meeting the Lord together. Remember, these are believers who have been grieving about their dead loved ones that they, they thought missed out the return of, uh, of the king. So it, it addresses the concern of the reunion with the saints. And these saints, whether dead who are raised, resurrected, or who are alive at that time, 
the text says, we will always be with the Lord. That's the main concern. That's the main concern of, of this passage. So the passage really is less about the manner, the timeline of us being raptured, of being caught up, and more about our union with the Lord. So the point of the rapture is not to spare us from pain, but to be with our Savior. That's the point. And this union with Jesus is a union that is full, complete, and we will never experience separation and it will never be broken for eternity. So whether believers, ito yung mga different views, whether believers will be spared from the great tribulation for seven years, whether we experience it here to, in all its fullness and we experience the suffering, or even if we, uh, we are in the middle of, of this tribulation and Christ returns in the middle of it, what should matter to us the most is that when Christ comes, we will never be separated from him again. When Christ comes, we will always have him. So even if I go through the greatest tribulation here, if I am with the Lord, then I am secured. I am safe. I am less concerned about the tribulation and more concerned about my union with my Savior. So friends, again, we cannot remain uninformed about the last days. Clearly, uh, the Bible, you know, it has a lot to say about uh, the last days from the New Testament, uh, from the Gospels, letters, the apocalyptic scriptures. And so we have no excuse. We have no excuse uh, to remain uninformed. Yes, there are things that we cannot know for sure, like, uh, like the, you know, when that will happen. And some many people through many decades have attempted and they have failed to predict the time. You know, there are things that the Lord do not want us to know. But at the fundamental level, as we look at the scripture, it helps us to be certain of these three things. That there will be a physical resurrection modeled after Jesus. That there will be a glorious return of our Lord. It will be an undeniable event that we will experience a grand reunion with the saints. Those who have died recently and even in the past. And we will also experience permanent reunion with Christ our Lord. That's the beauty of the coming of our Lord that we will always be with him. And that for me, that for me, friends, is, is enough to hold us firm, to give us comfort, to sustain us day to day as we wait from that day when we see our Savior face to face. 
And I know this is only comforting if you know for certain that you belong to the Lord. Because if you are unsure about your status with God, perhaps you, you go through the motions of, uh, of the Christian faith. You, you, you go to church, you give, uh, you give your tithes, you, uh, you help the needy, you pray. But you're actually placing your trust in your ability to be good enough for God. That you're hoping that while you do that, as you do that, you are earning your way to salvation. The bad news is there's no amount of good works that you can do that will satisfy the righteous demands of a holy God. But the good news is the Son of God, the one who will return, lived a perfect life that we cannot live. He, he, his death paid the penalty of our sins. And on the third day, this is the focal point of our faith, Sabini Paul, so 1 Corinthians 15, he rose from the grave, proving that death and suffering will no longer be the final destination for those who believe in Christ. And so as you believe and receive this truth, the Bible assures us of our eternal security. And for that, we have comfort in the coming of the Lord. Let me end uh, with just... Uh, that beautiful line uh, from the one of the songs that we sang uh, earlier, uh, and I hope this this will be something that we can reflect on uh, throughout the week. Uh, something that we find comfort in when we hear another person uh, dying from sickness or from COVID or or a tragedy. This last verse from uh, that song, "Christ, our hope in life and in death." Unto the grave, what will we sing? Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? This is the reward. Everlasting life with him. And we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will feast in endless joy when Christ is ours forevermore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the promise that we are not left here in uncertainty and affliction and, and worry, uh, without hope. We thank you that your son will return again. And we hold on to your word, for you are faithful. Lord, many of us have different experiences and uh, information received through the years about the coming of our Savior. And that has caused confusion, that has caused maybe overconfidence, uh, and maybe some of us carelessness. I pray, Lord, that you will bring us once again at the center, at the fundamental level, what it means to be comforted in the coming of our, our, our Lord. And that means that we will be transformed 
body, soul, and spirit, that you will renew us, that we will have a body that will never be, uh, that will never be able to sin, that will never be able to experience back pains, migraines, uh, difficulty breathing, COVID, cancer. Lord, we have this. We, we have this hope because our Savior has bodily resurrected and he will return in person. Lord, help us uh, have a healthy anticipation of your personal return. Help us uh, move away from being too consumed about the coming of our King and just be prepared day after day after day. And Lord, help us be comforted that when you return, the most important thing is that we will be with you forevermore. Whether that may mean we will we'll remain to experience uh, tribulation or not, we are comforted that we are with you forevermore. I pray for my brothers and sisters here who are uncertain about their eternal destination. Would you remind them that Christ died for their sins, that they will receive this gift of salvation graciously from the Lord so that we will continue to rejoice of our status with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.